I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, there's Evil in the Bloodline. I've got a review of the scary movie, Hereditary. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. We'll talk about a couple of milestone anniversaries for some classic movies, including Jurassic Park. Plus... There are some good ones coming to home video this week. We'll tell you all about them. First, it's the news... From the couch. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you! Now you start using your head! That's that love that's three feet above your ass! <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! Tom Hanks hit a home run in 1992 with a league of their own. Somewhat of a comeback for him after a, a pretty decent 80s run that was followed by a few very early 90s flops. But overall, Hanks has had one of the greatest film careers an actor could possibly have, and Cineplex wants to celebrate it. Enter Hanks Fest. This July, look for a few old Tom Hanks films playing at a theater near you. Four films will each get a one-week run. They haven't said how many screens or daily screenings per city, but I would guess it's only one and one, so you may have to do some planning. The dates and movies are as follows. A League of Their Own will run from Friday, July 6th to the 12th. That'll be followed from the 13th to the 19th by Big. I, I still don't get it. What? What don't you get, Josh? Well, there's a million robots that turn into something. And this is a building that turns into a robot. What's fun about playing with a building? That's not any fun. This is a skyscraper. Well, couldn't it be like a, a, a robot that turns into into something like a like a bug or something? A bug. Yeah, like a big prehistoric insect with maybe like giant claws that could pick up a car and, and crush it like that. <laughs> Hanks got his first of many Oscar nominations for Big. That, of course, is the classic body switcheroo movie where he plays a kid in a man's body. It spawned a lot of terrible imitations. Then from July 20th to 26th, my favorite and something that'll be a real treat on the big screen, it's Apollo 13. Uh, Houston, we got a pretty large bang there associated with a master alarm. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. We are venting something out into space. Look on TNC, these guys are talking about bangs and shimmies up there. Doesn't sound like instrumentation to me. We've been hit by a media, we'd be dead by now. We never lost an American in space. We're sure as hell not going to lose one on my watch. Failure is not an option. Apollo 13 doesn't get enough credit, and frankly, I'm still mad it lost a Braveheart at the Oscars that year. Besides Hanks, there are terrific performances from Ed Harris and Ron Howard's brother. And last, but certainly not least, the one you would have laid money on for being part of this from July 27th to August 2nd, Stupid Is As Stupid Does. Why are you so good to me? You're my girl. Paramount Pictures presents... Tom Hanks. I'm not a smart man. But I know what love is. Robin Wright. Will you marry me? I'd make a good husband, Jenny. You would, Forrest. But you won't marry me. Gary Sinise. I never thanked you for saving my life. And Sally Field. My boy Forrest is going to get the same opportunities as everyone else. A film by Robert Zemeckis. What's my destiny, Mom? You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Hanks won his second Oscar in two years for Forrest Gump. It's not a huge spectacle, but the scope is huge, and it's an epic story. That'll be fun to see again on the big screen. Gump was weirdly a turning point in my movie-going history. I have a lot of affection for that one. I like all these movies. Frankly, it's a shame they're only doing four. 
If we have time later, we can talk about some other choices they may have made. Again, Hanks Fest, a Cineplex event, so check your local listings for showtimes throughout July, starting on the 6th with a league of their own. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! Hey, Dumbo! Come out now. Golly, maybe I scared him too. Look, Dumbo, I'm your friend. Come on out, won't you? You're not really afraid of little me, are you? Yeah? Must overdid it in there. Don't know my own strength sometimes. Boy, there's a Disney movie I haven't seen since I was a kid. Dumbo, the one about the little circus elephant with great big ears who didn't fit in until he became the star of the show. He had his friend there, Timothy Q. Mouse, but all the other elephants rejected him. His mom was locked up, so he was sad, and then he got drunk. Good stuff. Tim Burton now has made a live-action remake, and the first teaser came out this week. Look at that. We're all family here, no matter how small. Those are all voices of humans in the movie. Colin Farrell and his kids who work at the circus, I guess they're the ones who will befriend Dumbo. The teaser does show an outline of a pink elephant, so it looks like Burton is keeping the trippy scene, as you would expect. Alan Arkin, Eva Green, Michael Keaton, and Danny DeVito also in it. But of course, the star is Dumbo. I don't know if they used a real elephant at all or for its total CGI, but it looks very real, except for his eyes, which are cartoonishly big. It's an odd effect, but I like it. The whole thing looks very cool, and we'll see it March 20th. 29th, 2019. Him with those ears that only a mother could love. <laughs> What's the matter with his ears? I don't see nothing wrong with him. Okay, so you mentioned that Big had a lot of imitations. Right around that time, yep. those of the late 80s, there were, off the top of my head, three of those kind of Freaky Friday movies there's, with the personality switcheroo. Yeah, there's a Judge Reinhold one, right? Vice versa. That came out. Hang on, I got that. I just pulled Who that up. Who was the kid in that? Was it Fred Savage? Yes! Yes, Fred Savage. Uh, the, the, that that was March eleventh, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, after an airport mishap leaves <laughs> businessman Marshall Seymour in possession of a mysterious skull, oh, following yes. a trip. Yes, of course, mystery well, skull. Yeah, uh, after following a trip to the South Pacific, he unwittingly falls victim to its magical powers when he and his son Charlie swap bodies. So that was March eleventh, nineteen eighty-eight. The other one. Wait, what one was that called? That was like Father Like Son. That was vice versa. Oh, okay, like Father Like right. Son. Yeah. yeah. Starred Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Remember Kirk Cameron yep. before he went all, I mean, you know, good for him. He wants to save the world as a crusader or whatever. But yeah. uh, so that was October 2nd, 1987. That one, uh, Dr. Jack Hammond, Dudley Moore, is a respected surgeon on his way to getting a coveted position at the hospital where he works. <laughs> his son, Chris, is a mediocre high school student of with problems course. his dad could not care less about. Then one day, Chris's friend, Sean Astin, holy smokes, invents a formula that causes father and son to switch minds. His friend invents a formula. Okay. Well, maybe he's like Peter Parker, smart, smart teenage scientist. I'd rather go, I like the magic skull better. Yeah. I wonder if it's (laughs) the crystal skull. And what was the one in big? Big was a Voltron, right? (laughs) Uh, Zoltan. Zoltan. (laughs) Voltron or the... Oh, the robots that come together. (laughs) That's right. I never got to watch Voltron as a kid. Uh, we didn't have the channel. Kids and uh, the kids without cable. 
got to watch that show on Fox because they were able to pick it up on antenna, but I had cable and it wasn't on any of the channels. Anyway, yeah, there were the, all of those, but I guess would the, the original of those be Freaky Friday? When was the original Freaky Friday? That uh, feels to me like it's like 1979 or something like that. Uh, Freaky Friday original, 1976. Close. Um, Barbara Harris as Ellen Andrews and Jodie Foster right. as her daughter. And that was like that was a Disney thing, right? Like, so that was on TV like twice a year. Probably. I think. And then it was remade later on with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Lindsay Lohan. Wow. Right. Okay. Up next, speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis, oh. she reprises one of her most iconic roles as she takes on one of the most legendary figures in film history. Is it Christmas with the Cranks too? Find out in a moment. You're <laughs> listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Ron, we are The Couch Potatoes. Continuing now with the news from The Couch and answering Jeff's question, is it Christmas with the Cranks too? Testing one, two, three. We're on... <laughs> We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. That's Michael Myers to you. The first trailer for the new Halloween movie was unleashed this past week. And the original Scream Queen herself, Jamie Lee Curtis, is back one more time to reprise her character Laurie Strode from the 1978 classic. Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Laurie Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. If you're at all familiar with the Halloween movies, you might be thinking, hang on a sec, didn't they kill her off? Yeah, they did. After returning for the seventh movie in the series, Halloween H2O, 20 years later, she returned again in 2002 for Halloween Resurrection, where they killed her, rather unceremoniously in fact. If you don't remember that movie, by the way, it's because it was awful. It was about a film crew trying to make a one-night reality show extravaganza starring rapper Busta Rhymes. Oh, man! Charlie, where the f*** you been at, man? Don't you know we've been looking all over this for you? Why the hell are you dressed like me anyway? I ain't paying you to be Michael Myers. I'm playing Michael Myers. If them kids come around and see us dressed up in the same shit, you're gonna ruin the whole effect. You might also remember Rob Zombie rebooted the franchise with movies in 2007 and 2009. Behind these eyes, one finds only darkness. These are the eyes. Of a psychopath. This new Halloween ignores all of that, all of the sequels and the reboots. This one simply takes place 40 years after the original and sets up Laurie Strode's final confrontation with Michael Myers. This time she's trained herself in weapons just in case Michael ever comes back, which of course he does. Dad, look out! The bus crashed. Mom? What bus crashed? Michael escaped. 
He's waited for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out the wall! Get inside! Also worth pointing out, one of the writers is Danny McBride. Yes, that Danny McBride. The funny-looking funny man from stuff like the HBO series Eastbound and Down. I'm sick and tired of carrying all the weight. Uh, the coaches and owners not giving me the shit I need to win. Atlanta, you're f***ing out. Kenny Powers is now a free agent. Find a bar and get faced huh? Get me paid, bitch. Superstar! Halloween is directed by David Gordon Green, who has previously worked with McBride a lot. For example, the film Pineapple Express, in which McBride was one of the stars, the aforementioned Eastbound and Down, and McBride's follow-up HBO series Vice Principals. Weird that a couple of funny guys are in charge of a scary movie, but it seemed weird when Jordan Peele made Get Out, and that turned out to be amazing. The master of horror, John Carpenter, who is the man behind the original, is the executive producer and served as a creative consultant on Halloween, which opens October 19th. You don't believe in the boogeyman? He's here! Michael! You should. Can you close the closet door? Uh-oh. a series of visions when I was younger. And after each one ended, the same thought would be stuck in my head. What did you see? I saw a nun. Not a nun, THE nun. That's the name of the movie for which the first teaser was released this week, The Nun. It's the nightmare fuel nun from The Conjuring 2, which, by the way, Jeff, if you ever saw this nun, you would probably never sleep again. Really? Yeah. So stay out of your way. Keep this trailer out of your sight. It's going to be on the poster, though, and stuff that I have to walk by in the theater? Oh, yeah, probably. Ah. Yeah, I never thought about that. So anyway, this is the prequel that explains where the nun's from. Word of my visions reached the church. I was asked to accompany a priest to an abbey in Romania. The abbey has a long history. Valak. Not all good. What? Shinri's here. Before we explain more about The Nun, just a quick recap of The Conjuring series. The first one came out in 2013. Smash hit. Sequel was immediately ordered. The sequel was actually ordered before The Conjuring even came out. That sequel arrived in 2016. There is a family in London that desperately needs our help. No new cases. Please trust me. There has never been a family that we refuse to help. We don't run from fights. This one's different. There is also going to be a Conjuring 3, tentatively set for July 2019, and there were two other prequels focusing on this scary doll from the first Conjuring. In 2014, we got Annabelle, 
which was okay. And in 2017, we got the prequel to the prequel, Annabelle Creation, which was also okay. I love the Conjuring movies, though. Worth pointing out that the star of the Conjuring movies is Vera Farmiga. In The Nun, the protagonist is played by her little sister, Thaisa Farmiga, who has appeared in a few of the American Horror Story seasons. Also, every time I hear her name, Thaisa, I think of the 1990 song, Aisha. Remember Aisha from the kid group, Another Bad Creation? Any memory of that, Jeff? No, I've never heard this before. I have it on cassette if you want to borrow it. Anyway, the nun takes place at an abbey in Romania where a young nun takes her own life. So a priest and young nun are sent by the Vatican to investigate, where they learn of a malevolent force in the form of a demonic nun, which to me is one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen on film. The Nun opens September 7th. Walking down a scary hallway all by herself. Hello. Yep. Hard pass. Get your tickets now, Jeff Braun. That Halloween movie is just called Halloween? Yeah. I hate when they do that. Well, that's what the original one was called. I know. And it's already, name's already been taken. Come up with something else. <laughs> that is the news from the couch. Up next, after just talking about a couple of scary movies, I've got a review of another scary movie. I'll tell you which one next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun. We are The Couch Potatoes. I've got a review of a movie being called by many as this generation's The Exorcist. Tony Collette and the mean lady from The Handmaid's Tale star in Hereditary. First, light the candle, then choose an item that belonged to Grandma. Then read this out loud. It's to make things start. So Colette plays Annie. Here's the official write-up. When Ellen, the matriarch of the Graham family, passes away, her daughter Annie and her husband, played by Gabriel Byrne, and their two kids begin to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. The more they discover, the more they find themselves trying to outrun the sinister fate they seem to have inherited. It's also got a great performance from Colette's already stellar career. You okay, Mom? Is there something you want to say? Why would I want to say something so I could watch you sneer at me? I don't ever sneer at you. Oh, sweetie, you don't have to. You get your point across. And say what you want to say then. Hey, Dad. I tried. Try again. Release yourself. Stop. Just say it. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. All I do is worry. And all I get back is that face on your face. So full of disdain and resentment and always so annoyed. Nobody admits anything they've done. Sorry. I know it's irrational. Love that line, by the way. All I get is that face on your face. At one point in the days just before the movie was released, Hereditary was at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, praised for its chilling portrait of heritage gone to hell. She isn't gone. I think my mother put a curse on us. Hereditary. It's now sitting at 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Finished fourth at the weekend box office just this past weekend with a respectable 
$13.5 million, respectable because it's just a little horror movie with which costs $10 million to make. I gotta say, though, I am still torn on what to think about Hereditary. I should preface my remarks by saying, I think I probably need to see this again to truly appreciate it. The conundrum, though, is do I want to see it again? I think I may have fallen victim to the hype machine on Hereditary. Like, I really wanted to see this. I like a good scary movie, so when I saw the headlines, Scariest movie in years! This generation's Exorcist! It just, it had so much buzz about how good it was, how scary it was, so I was jacked to see this. I was expecting greatness. And indeed, when it was scary, it was very scary. The problem is that it took forever to get moving and get to that scary stuff. They sprinkled in the odd little creepy scare here and there, but for the first hour and a half of this two-hour-and-seven-minute film, not much happened. Didn't really feel like a horror film, in fact. Instead, it felt like a solid family drama about the demons that we fear we are going to inherit from our family. Tony Collette, a.k.a. Annie, had this strained relationship with her mom, and throughout the film, we see that as hard as she tries, she just can't shake those demons. She can't shake what she has inherited, and it appears to also tackle issues of mental illness. So from that perspective, I liked it. Colette is excellent in this film, so I did enjoy that. But I didn't go to see a complex family drama. I went to see a scary movie. My girlfriend later told me she was actually annoyed with me because she could tell that I was getting restless watching this movie. I kept fidgeting and moving around. I just I wanted to shout at the screen, hurry up, get on with it, I'm bored. And when it did finally get on with it, like I said, it was scary. And it turns out it's not just inner demons, but it's actual demons, which you could have figured out had you watched any of the commercials. Some of the stuff we see is really scary, and it's super effective because the scares, some of the scares are really minimalistic, just good old-fashioned scary filmmaking, and it works so well. And then there's some other stuff that you just watch and you go, what is happening right now? This is freaky. I would also point out There's something quite shocking and unexpected about halfway through the film, something not quite like anything I have ever seen. The entire theater gasped, and then you could hear everyone collectively holding their breath as we all sat in stunned silence, so I give the movie props for that. And I guess to summarize, I'd say it took way too long to get going. It was ultimately scary in the end, although somewhat confusing. When I got home, I had to watch some YouTube videos which broke down some of the confusing things in the film and helped decode this and translate that. So that helped, but not everyone has the time or patience to do research on a film after seeing it. So I would not recommend seeing this if that's not the kind of person you are. If you are that kind of person or you just want to check out a different kind of scary movie, maybe give Hereditary a try. And these comparisons to The Exorcist? Sorry, I'm just not buying it. Yeah, The Exorcist was also a slow burn movie set in the form of sort of a complex family situation, but it still had solid scares throughout. Hereditary just kind of plods along. Again, I think I need to see this again, but I'm not sure I want to sit through over two hours of it. The best I can give Hereditary, three couch cushions out of five. Should point out, though, for a second opinion, my girlfriend really enjoyed it. She was really shaken up by it, too, whereas I was just kind of bored. So if you don't like my opinion, maybe you'll like hers better. Again, three couch cushions out of five for Hereditary.
Uh, maybe buy a ticket to something else, do some time juggling there, and then you can watch a new movie and then slip in, watch the last half hour of Hereditary <laughs> That's the part you want to see again anyways, right? Yeah, well, I, I'd kind of like to go back and watch it knowing now what oh, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hindsight 2020. Yeah, because so, maybe there were clues that kind of helped help you figure it out. And I think it is the kind of movie that almost demands a second hmm. viewing because you, I had no idea... The trailer does a very good job at revealing very little yeah. about what's happening in this film. So I, I did not expect what we got at all. So I applaud the movie for writing, for creating this story that just it was not predictable at all. It's awesome. But just, yeah. I, and I'll, maybe one day I'll watch it again, and if that ever happens, I'll tell you what I thought. Uh, I should just quickly point out as well for this weekend, uh, movies that are playing Incredibles 2, getting great reviews. Yeah, I need to watch the first one again. I didn't really like the first one, and I am like the only person on the planet who's ever said that as far as I'm aware of. So I, ju- I just think I wasn't in the mood to watch it. I should watch it again. Yeah, that can happen that, uh, whenever I'm not in the mood. I remember watching James Bond uh, Skyfall. You didn't like that one? Was that the third one with uh, yeah, Daniel Craig? Yeah, like the best one with yeah. him. And I just wasn't in the mood for it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. Everyone was heaping so much praise on it, and I and I knew it. Within ten minutes, I knew I just don't want to be here right now. Yeah. So I should, but I couldn't be objective. But hey, here's a clip of Incredibles two. Behold the Underminer! Watch out for Jack Jack. I thought we were gonna go. You with heard it. your mother trampolini. We need a gun. Oh. Superheroes are illegal. We want to fight bad guys. I you bad guys. It defines who I am. We're not saying you have... What? Someone on TV said it. Also out this week, the comedy tag. Susan, you take Jerry to be your husband. What's the difference between Episcopalian and Lutheran? Episcopalians don't eat fish. That's pescatarian. That's not a religion. They're all fanatics. I don't know. You, you may kiss the bride. I love you. Please tell me what's going on here. Our group of friends has been playing the same game of tag for 30 years. What? You can't touch this. Who stars in tag? Uh, what do we have there? Andy from The Office. Ed Helms. Ed Helms. John Hamm. Yep. Uh, Hannibal Burris. Yep. Nick. Nick from New Girl. And one other guy. Hawkeye. Yeah, Renner's in it. Jeremy so, Renner. Yeah. yeah, that's right. They're playing this game of tag. It's a, it's it sounds like a silly premise, but it's based on a true story, and it's about these guys who stay friends, lifelong friends, because of this stupid game. Of and tag. The, the trailer looks really funny. Yeah, but they're not. There's no like advanced reviews, which is rarely a good sign. Yeah, no <laughs> reviews posted as of Wednesday, so that definitely not encouraging heading into uh, its opening weekend. So we'll see how it does by the end of this weekend. And then finally, there's another film new this week. It's called Superfly. You literally could have taken any kid off the corner, but you chose me. Why? These fools in the streets acting like they got something to prove. They only want to hustle for the money and the flash, but not you. You're special. I forgot to cut off the the bit at the beginning where it's like the tease for the trailer that you are about to uh, immediately watch. There's something that makes me profoundly sad that society has drifted to the, we need a three second tease for the trailer you've clicked on on purpose yeah. and are about to watch, whatever. Yeah, because people might tune out. Well, it's like all those. Oh, well, I, I think- just said Paramount, so I clicked away from it. <laughs> 
Well, in recent years, there was that trend for pop songs where they, they would open the song with the hook, with the chorus. Like, oh, yeah. Immediately with lyrics yeah. instead of that slow build because people, our attention span is brutal. <laughs> anyway, uh, Superfly, remake of the black exploitation film from 1972. Career criminal Youngblood Priest wants out of the Atlanta drug scene, but as he ramps up sales, one little slip threatens to bring the whole operation down before he can make his exit, getting okay reviews. So that's what's new this week. And up next, we want to talk about some milestones for a couple of big films that Jeff's really excited about. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Two movies of note with big anniversaries this week. First up, it's been 25 years since Steven Spielberg made our jaws drop. No, not that jaws. This. Welcome to Jurassic Park. June 11th, 1993, Steven Spielberg's vision of Michael Crichton's best-selling novel hit the big screen. It's it's a dinosaur. The dinosaurs, computer-generated in most cases, were like nothing we'd ever seen before, and Jurassic Park won three Oscars. Two for sound, and one for special effects. We're going to make a fortune with this place. And it did make a fortune, the highest-grossing movie ever, until Titanic came along four years later. Spielberg's cut reportedly ended up being $250 million. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. Jurassic Park and all-timer Spielberg gets 60% of the gross of his movies. That's his standard deal. So. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my and God. And studios are lining up to take that other 40% because, come on, why not, right? Yeah. So there you go. JP, an all-timer, I would say, along with The Fugitive, those are my two big ones that I'll always watch if they're on, and I don't own either of them, probably never will, because they're on cable enough they don't need to. Uh, Jurassic Park, also on Netflix right now. I'll probably watch it tonight. I watched The Fugitive on a WestJet flight at Christmas. <laughs> These movies are always around, and I, I just I won't. I'll always watch them when they're on. Uh, Jurassic Park, of course, was a game changer in the special effects department. The first real major use of CGI. It spawned a bunch of hit and miss sequels. Another one comes out next week, but the original at this point, a timeless classic. And this week also marked the 20th anniversary of The Truman Show. Who are you? I am the creator of a television show that gives hope and joy and inspiration to millions. And who am I? You're the star. Jim Carrey robbed of an Oscar for this one, as far as I'm concerned. It was the first time we saw him play something kind of serious. Also, 20 years ago, this was a mind-blowing concept. Today, it seems pretty quaint. I mean, logistically, it would still be insane to build the bubble they house Truman in, but the all-day, every-day-as-a-TV show isn't a stretch at all. People are just aware it's happening to them. Truman was on the air unaware, as the poster said. Yeah, he was robbed. Uh, he didn't even get nominated, right? I don't think so. He, he, won, he won at the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. Yeah. Not nominated at the Oscars, and I think that actually made him kind of bitter. I think it did too. I think that from then till now, his career is way different if he won that Oscar. Totally, yeah. He uh, would have changed his life for sure because he continued to make drama movies. But uh, remember, he made The Majestic, and that was uh, he, universally panned. Yeah, he was like swinging for the fences several times after that, trying to get that Oscar, and just never happened. And then he just uh, sort of just turned his back on Hollywood. He was trying to be the next. Tom Hanks? Yeah. No crying! Howdy, Jimmy. What? She's crying, sir! I didn't mean to do that. Perhaps you chastised her too vehemently. Good rule of thumb. Treat each of these girls as you would treat your mother. You want to ever tell you look like a p with a little hat on? Okay, so we mentioned Hanks Fest. Uh, what are the four films that are, Cineplex is going to be playing? 
A League of Their Own, Big Apollo 13, Forrest Gump. If you had to choose a Tanks film, which one would you choose? The Burbs. The Burbs? That's what my girlfriend said. Really? I said, pick your five favorites. She goes, the Burbs, the Burbs, the Burbs, the Burbs, the Burbs. (laughs) Yes! Good for her! (laughs) I just watched it a few months ago with my dad. Loved it just as much. There you go. I would have picked Joe versus the Volcano. I knew that, like, oh, my first choice was Apollo 13, but Joe versus Volcano. I love that one. It's like a cult classic that had no hope in... No prayer of coming to this festival. So there you go. Uh, one got time for twenty more seconds. Oh, on yeah. Tom Hanks. Listen to this. This is probably like I think this is twelve movies over. This is one decade worth of Tom Hanks work, starting in nineteen ninety two with A League of Their Own, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo thirteen, Toy Story, That Thing You Do, which he also wrote and directed, Saving Private Ryan, You've Got Mail, Toy Story two, The Green Mile, Castaway. Road to Perdition, Catch Me If You Can. Wow. Is that not like the best 13 movie run in history? Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good stretch. He's had an an extraordinary career. We're so lucky to have this. So good for Cineplex for doing this. Hank's Fest. It'll be fun. Stuff to watch. All kinds of stuff to watch at home. And speaking of watching stuff at home, we just got to quickly tell you what is coming to home video. We said there are a couple of good ones. One of them is the comedy Blockers, which stars John Cena, Leslie Mann, Ike Barinholtz looked uh, like a lot of fun. They were describing it as like a female super bad. Yeah. And, and it's also uh, a group of parents try to stop their teenage kids from going too far on prom night. That's right. Looks like fun. That's out on Digital 19 this upcoming week. Also out uh, one called The Death of Stalin. It's a British comedy, a fictitious history of the death of Joseph Stalin and how the people in his inner circle then tried to wrestle control of the Russian government. It got terrific reviews. Everyone says it's the one of the best comedies of the past several years. And it's from a guy named Armando Iannucci, and he's the guy that created the show Veep on HBO. Yeah, so he's pretty funny. And then finally on Blu-ray DVD and coming to On Demand as well, Pacific Rim Uprising. This is the sequel about the movie with the giant robots that fight the giant monsters. Kaiju. The Kaiju. I loved the first one. Did not see the second one in theaters. Kind of ashamed of that, but I'll check it out at home. That's all the time we have. Subscribe to the podcast, Google Play, and iTunes. And I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother!